For BYU Idaho Radio, I'm John Mitswain, and today here in the studio with me, I have Heather Carter, BYU Idaho's online instructor manager and this week's devotional speaker. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks, John. Yeah, no problem. How are you? Pretty good. (laughs) Good, good. What is the meaning and reason why you title your talk Stronger at Broken Places? Well, um... I think all of us experience a degree of brokenness in life. I think that's part of the purpose, unfortunately, of our experience here. And um, I think it's important to recognize that not only it's not just about breaking us, but there's a purpose uh, behind that, that we can grow and learn and become stronger from the things that we experience that can feel like they're destroying us at times. But those are the very things that help make us, I think, more like our Heavenly Father, even if I don't want to admit that. (laughs) Well, speaking of those broken places, you mentioned in your talk that each of us have broken places. Is there a certain scripture or practice that has helped you recover or heal from a broken place? There are a lot, actually, mostly in the Old Testament, and I might have to look them up. Um, But there's a couple in my talk, one in Isaiah, one from Jeremiah. But it can feel like I think sometimes that Heavenly Father isn't aware of us, or maybe, you know, I'm just going to teach you a lesson kind of attitude. But Jeremiah 29, um, 11 through 13 is one of my favorite, uh, where he says, I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. So that's just a good reminder that we might have to have patience, but at the end of whatever we might be suffering, the Lord really does want good things for us. He really is on our side. He's not against us. He's for us. Um, And then one of my favorites is in Hebrews 12, verse 11. So it says, Now no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. And then following up in the next verses, Wherefore lift up the hands which hang down in the feeble knees, and make straight paths for your feet, lest that which is lame be turned out of the way, but let it rather be healed. So, yeah, the scriptures and the conference talks are full, I think, of encouragement. In your opinion, what is the best way a disciple of Christ in training can decipher the voice of the Spirit from their own thoughts? <sighs> That's a really good question, and I think it's one the apostles have talked about at length. I think I'd like to just defer to Elder Bednar, who seemed to always say, don't worry about it. I think that's what he said. Don't worry about it so much. You know, if you're having impressions to do something good, do something good. You know, I I guess I don't know if we worry too much about, is this the spirit? Is this not the spirit? And maybe we should worry more about just how can I stay close to what things can I do to bring me in closer proximity to the spirit? Maybe I don't need to worry so much about distinguishing if it is or isn't, but just how can I be closer to it? I love that in your talk, you relate 
what it takes to connect with Jesus Christ to the spider verse, uh, the spider verse <laughs> movie in your opinion, how important is it to find Christ-like attribute and teachings in the daily content we are exposed to? I think it's everywhere if we're looking for it. And there's all sorts of other messages too. There's all sorts of negative messages. And so, um, but if we're looking for um, positive messages, we can find it. Um, and part of that is because I have like an illustrator in my house, <laughs> one of my kids that's just <laughs> obsessed with, well, probably all obsessed with superheroes. <laughs> anyway, but really, actually, I'll, I'll just say as an aside, I think we love superhero movies and we love superhero stories because really as part of our own story as children of God, we that's really who we are. We really are heroes of our own story. But that's a totally different subject and topic for a different day. What are some things you have shared with your family and others around you that can draw them closer to the Lord? Um, one of, I still remember when Sherry Dew gave her devotional talk here on campus. And yeah, the impression that I had after, after listening to that talk, one of them was to really talk to my children about just asking how God feels about you when you're praying, asking him that simple question. Um, and that, that I think, can help you draw closer to him. Frequent, frequent personal prayers, I think. Um, and we've tried to encourage that. She also talks about asking the Lord to help you understand how the Spirit speaks to you, to help you understand how it sounds to you. Um, that and asking him how he feels about you. I'm glad you mentioned Sherry Dew. You quoted Sherry Dew in your devotional where she says, seekers have certain habits that are key to learning to communicate with God. Can you explain a little more about those certain habits? And for those who are just beginning to become seekers of Heavenly Father, where do you suggest their first place to seek him out should be? Mm, that's a good question because I, I think it's a really personal, and I, I try to convey that in my talk, I think it's a really personal experience. And so I don't want to portray that what works for some person might work perfectly the same way for another person because we're all really unique. And um, But there are key elements. There's key elements that she identifies such as taking time to be quiet, taking time to just turn everything off and just sit in silence. Um, and that might mean going someplace where you feel, where you, where you feel like you can feel the spirit. Um, prayer is a big one. I think prayer is direct communication with the Lord going to the temple, but maybe, you know, you're not able to do that yet. Prayer, I think is a key one, where a lot of people begin their relationship. And I would say scriptures too, because I have such a connection with the scriptures, but I was an English major and I love books and I love reading. And I've, I've seen with my kids where sometimes that connection isn't immediate and, and it takes time. It takes patience. It takes practice um, to be able to maybe even have a relationship with the scriptures 
But I think it's important to try to nurture that and develop that. But prayer is probably a key one. If we can just be not feel like there's a protocol, like an exact protocol, if we can just feel that we can just open our hearts, I think that we can start. Besides remembering what you dreamt about and what happened within your best or worst day, what are some benefits to keeping up with the practice of journaling? I can't say enough about journaling, actually. I have I have loved the counsel that Elder Irene gave on keeping a journal and and every single day. I think what he was writing was how he saw the hand of the Lord in his life. And I've tried to do that. It's brought the spirit into my life more, but it's also just helped me keeping a regular journal has helped me process my feelings and my attitudes about things and what's happening inside has helped me kind of process when I'm, you know, frustrated or feeling alone and helps me then get back to the spirit. If I can kind of flush that out, but it's also helped me recognize sometimes even revelation, like, oh, wow, I didn't even really realize that until I started writing. Then it was kind of like a process where I realized things that I didn't realize if I wouldn't have started writing. I got to be better with that <laughs> practice myself. Everybody's, again, it's like I start and then it's like, oh, no, five, six months later, why am I not journaling anymore? You we, know? Have to be, we have to be kind with each other because we're all different. Yeah, I'm an English person, so of course I like writing. But In what ways have you used the gospel in your career as an online instructor manager to draw closer to God and encourage those who you work with to do the same? Well, I will say, believe it or not, even at BYU-Idaho, there are many discouraging times or days at work or problems that have to be solved or things that seem impossible to figure out, and um, I've probably frequented the bathroom stalls just like having to go and say a prayer in the middle of the workday or several times because things can feel sometimes overwhelming. And I, I know I've felt that encouragement a lot from my leaders. They've encouraged us a lot to seek personal revelation because the work that we're doing requires us to do things in online that we maybe haven't done before and to reach more students across the globe. And so I know I've received that encouragement constantly. And and when we're discouraged, I hope I've tried to encourage, you know, my coworkers as well, um, praying for them, taking names to the temple. What are some encouraging words you can offer to a person who valiantly seeks to draw closer to the Lord, but seems to be going through a long series of unfortunate trials in their lives? Uh, I think I would say in a certain way, I don't understand exactly, but I know how you feel. And it doesn't, sorry, doesn't mean that the Lord doesn't love you. And that can be really hard. Because sometimes you can feel like maybe he, maybe he doesn't, or maybe, sorry, maybe you're less, maybe you're less than some of his other children. But that's just not true. 
I think that I, I really feel like Satan does his best to discourage us um, and to try to draw us away from our relationship with the Lord. I think he um, is very, very smart um, at how he does it, too. But that's why we have to work towards just trying to be close to him, trying to be close to our Savior, because uh, Satan will do everything to discourage us and to discourage that relationship. But I think I would tell someone who's struggling, you know, just try to reaffirm that Heavenly Father does love you so much. And if you can find those quiet times, you know, hopefully you'll be able to feel that. It doesn't mean that the hard times will go away. <laughs> it doesn't mean that. But um, I think we can still have peace. What is your overall message you want people to receive who attends or hears your devotional talk? I think uh, more than anything, one of the things I see happening in the world is that there are so we're just bombarded by so many messages um, that disparage faith and belief in God and in Jesus Christ and it seems like it's become a foolish thing to believe in Christ, to believe in God in the world that we live in. And if anything, I would want to speak to those people who feel like he's not there for them and and try to encourage them to seek him out, to be able to receive that comfort. I've seen I've seen people, a lot of people in my life look for comfort and peace. Um, in places that's never going to be able to fill them up completely. And I know the one place that will, the only place that will, is with the Savior and in the gospel. And if I could give a gift to any of those people that I love, it would be that realization and that faith because that can take them through any none of these other things that the world says will fill us up. They'll never fill us up completely at the end. So even though it's hard, yeah, that's what I would hope to convey. Well, Sister Carter, I thank you for your time today. Appreciate you coming in here to the studio. And thank you for your insights and encouraging words for those who are struggling um, within their broken places right now. Thanks. Thanks, John. <laughs> Thanks for walking me through it. <laughs>